Hello again, everybody. You're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. And with me, as always, is Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you feeling this morning? Uh, evening, sorry. We're doing better than yesterday morning, which we usually would have gone. The, the voice has come back a little bit. I'm still coughing. But, you know, Season we're eight. here to talk about pitchers. And, of course, it won't be a Total Basis Podcast episode if we don't talk about a couple of relief pitchers, a little bit of a teaser if you stick around towards the end. Um, Just like last week, we're talking about our sleeper picks, guys that we think are going too late compared to where their ADP is or where they're being ranked by the quote unquote experts. Uh, So, yeah, really excited for this week. Uh, You're sipping over there on like a very nice glass of milk or or whatever the hell it is. Oh, no, this is uh, I found some mango cream liqueur. Oh, yeah. I don't know what to do with it. I tried putting, uh, adding some tequila to it and some lime juices, make it a makeshift margarita. Mango cream liqueur. Yeah, that was a failure. Uh, the stupid things. That's a thing. Well, the stupid things started to curd. Like Uh, there were curds everywhere. That's like if you do a, um, it's not a very politically correct thing to say, but an Irish car bomb when you drop the, the Bailey's and everything into the Guinness. And then if you don't drink it fast enough, it curdles. Well, it's funny you should mention that because in this drink, I did see that I had a, a thing of Kahlua still. Oh, okay. There so you go. what I ended up doing was I added four parts of mango cream liqueur with the Kahlua, two parts of Kahlua and two parts of 2% milk. And you know what? <laughs> it's pretty damn good. I can say so myself. And that's what I'm finding out, Sean, as I get older. I'm not a hard liquor guy. I'm not a beer guy anymore. More of a wine guy. But most importantly, Sean, I'm a milk guy. I'm an yeah. alcohol I, milk guy. I, I, I am a giant milk guy as well. My God wife damn. looks at me and she's like, how can you drink that every night? And I'm just like, it's good. <laughs> Which, you know, we, we know that uh, DVR and Nino always refer to some of these players as oatmeal. I think oh that's what maybe we should refer to some of these players as. It's Oat just milk. like milk. <laughs> not, not even oatmeal. No, I don't want that Starbucks oat milk bullshit. Just there are a glass of milk that you just kind of take at the end of the night. And there's the uh, the two youngest shitheads in the background. Oh, uh, the for cats. those of us watching us on YouTube. Um, yeah, they're assholes. Don't pay attention to them. Yeah. For those who are not listening or uh, watching on YouTube or live here on a Monday night, uh, those are two cats in the background over yes. at Sean's house. Yes. Climbing I only got boxes. to pick one of them. Oh, jeez. How many cats do you have now? Oh, four. Oh, God. F that. But if the apartment complex asks, there's only two. Yeah, yeah. It's not like you're on the record saying that or anything. Yeah, of course not, no. But as Sean pointed out, and as uh, some people are already mentioning in the chat, the Angel, most importantly, he's saying that this is where I steal your guys' starting pitchers. <laughs> oh, you, you see, this is where I start to get very hesitant about talking about guys like this is – because in the last few years in our home fan tracks league, I've lost out on guys like Omar Narvaez and Will Smith, all these guys that I talk ever vestedly about, about they're my guys. And um, I don't get them anymore. So um, for your guys' entertainment and for your betterment, I am going to offer up some guys that you can steal from me. <laughs> it's funny. You're having problems with that. I, I, always get my, I always get my man. I'm like the Mountie. I am the Mountie of this league. Well, that was the thing was I, I felt pretty good about last year. And then Will Smith 
uh, wasn't kept and he went in like the second round's jet. And I was like, what the hell? This isn't part of the plan. <laughs> no, I'm still mad at you that you were bad mouthing Dylan Seeds the entire offseason. And then you went ahead and got him in the first round, second round, around thereabouts. Hey, I uh, got to keep my secret somehow. <laughs> the whole old swerve. So, yeah, just do the opposite of what Sean Mis- said. That's probably misdirection. What yeah, Jacob said it right. Jacob has it right, man. What a pizza over there. Oh, maybe that wasn't supposed to say pizza. No, I'm definitely a pizza. That's definitely what he was saying. <laughs> All right. Well, Angel's getting antsy in his pantsy, so uh, <laughs> let's start the list. So what I ended up doing was I uh, was selecting um, – I was looking at the uh, expert consensus rankings over at fantasypros.com. Like last week. At, like last week. But here, instead of uh, – what was it? Top Outside the top 15 or top 40? Yeah, it is the top 40. Top 40 starting pitchers outside of that. And um, my list starts at number 47 with Dustin May, but that is not my guy. I'm just uh, letting you know that that is a guy that's out there. That Rank- that was a guy that I was looking at as well in terms of ADP because we are doing this just like last week. And if you haven't watched that episode, go back and watch, watch it because we did ADP expert rankings outside of the top 15 for every position. That's right. And, then, and of uh, course, we talked about ADP. relief pitchers because we can't help ourselves. Oh, I love talking about relief pitchers. <laughs> but yeah, Dustin May is a guy that he's not my guy. Not for this episode, but definitely that's where my list starts at number 47. So, but, but, he the guy, guy. I, but he, he's a guy. And uh, I don't know if you guys are good. If you guys are good, I might, I might get, give, uh, I might release the entire list uh, at the end of the show. We'll see how it goes. Uh, by my first guy, ranked number 56 on the Fantasy Pros consensus rankings, Luis Garcia. You know why, Sean? You know what I always say about that? You cannot go wrong with a Houston Astros pitcher. I think this is a good spot for him. I think the Astros, last I checked, and I will check again, but last I checked, they're going back to a five-man rotation. And what's the most, what's more important uh, than ability? It's availability, right? And if yep. these guys are going to be available every five days and not have to uh, babysit Justin Berlander or have to go through horrible Jake Odorizzi starts, I, I'm high on all these Astros pitchers, whether it be Valdez, uh, I'm sorry, Frambro Valdez, Christian Javier, Lance McCullers. Luis Garcia, even Jose Urquidy. I want them. I want as many as I can get on my team, and I'll live and die with those results. It, Go ahead. I, I like Luis Garcia, and you know, I also like Jose, Jose Urquidy, as you like to say. Um, and I know that a lot of people have soured on Urquidy, but mm-hmm. the thing that worries me about Luis Garcia is, are we sure that Luis Garcia isn't just like Urquidy 2.0? Probably. And, and that's the thing is like we all loved like really, really loved Arkiti a couple years ago. And now Luis Garcia has like that first initial year, much like Arkiti did. And now we're all kind of like, whoa, like take a step back, man. Um, but like you said, Arkiti, really good guy, really good pitcher, especially if he starts getting those every five days instead of every six. Um, solid pitcher. I'm just worried about the upside. It's definitely a high floor pick, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, actually, I think there's more upside than you want to give him credit to, for. He's only 26. He's actually one of the younger pitchers in that rotation, believe it or not. As I'm, as I'm seeing it right in front of me, he's uh, the second youngest behind Christian Javier. Uh, also, he's on this younger list, than Hunter Brown. Uh, well, Hunter Brown. Or do they not, not have Hunter Brown in the list in the rotation? Yeah, right yeah, now I, that's bullshit. He he's in the rotation. <laughs> well, then who do you who do you take out? I mean, oh, do you take out six man. <laughs> oh no, we're not doing that again. No. Although that That's would what explain, all the cool kids are doing. 
That would explain. Yeah, but if there's no one that's uh, they, they had to babysit all these you, guys. You've heard of peer pressure? Well, this is called pitcher pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Garcia is uh, projected to. He's not uh, on my list. I think what I say, 15 guys I have here, I think. Uh, he's not at the top of the list in terms of innings pitch, but he's in that second tier. He's supposed to get 156 innings, which puts hey, some uh, 156 is the new 185. So that's what, what I was trying to get at. So that puts him <laughs> top five from my list. So I don't know. Uh, as long as the Astros can keep on five minute rotation, and even if you want to include Hunter Brown, I mean, you we saw how good they are. Um, uh, the, the rotation, I mean, they're, they're always at the leader of the pack in terms of the statistical team statistics on terms of pitching. I want them. I want as many Astros pitchers as I can get. So that's that's my strategy. I, I'm right with you. you. You can never go wrong with a Houston Astros pitcher. And that's a good segue, I think, into my number one guy who is outside the top 150 in terms of ADP in another team who you can't go wrong with any of their pitchers. And I'm going with Drew Rasmussen. Mm-hmm. And of course, everyone's going to tell you, oh, you got to get Shane McClanahan. Oh, you got to get Tyler Glass now. Don't get me wrong. I love both those guys. But they also have a very high price to go along with their very high upside. But there's also an equal amount of risk. Mm -hmm. I think Drew Rasmussen is the, the glue guy in that rotation. Last year, he made 28 starts, uh, really turned it on in the second half. Uh, he's a favorite of Eno Saris's stuff plus model. Uh, started throwing that cutter more. Uh, gets a good spin rate on both that and the fastball. Has just the multiple pitch offerings. The strikeout numbers weren't eye popping, right. but if you remember a few of those starts down the stretch where uh, you know he carried the no hitter into the ninth inning, I believe that was a double digit strikeout game. He he had like a run of them all like in within a five or six start span. And I really do think that's what we can see a lot of Drew Rasmussen in, especially in an era where he's very good at missing the barrel, uh, doesn't allow that many home runs, had a .80 home run per nine. Anytime a pitcher keeps the ball in the park, um, he's going to have a good chance to really overperform any sort of you know expected ERA or FIP or anything like that, like he did last year. He had a 2.8 ERA, a 3.26 FIP, which is nothing to sneeze at. But with an ability to miss the barrel like he does, he has the chance to consistently uh, overperform those metrics. And that's why I really like Drew Rasmussen. Once again, really good slider, really good cutter. I could see those strikeouts possibly coming up uh, with a even more comfortability in terms of sequencing those pitches. So... So like we like we 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 always uh, talk about these pitching this these pitching factories Houston Cleveland um and you can even I think Eno Saris Dodgers Dodgers is one <laughs> but I think Eno Saris and DVR were talking about even including the Yankees and I know that's a touchy subject around these parts including the Yankees and anything that's positive around here but the Yankees were included and I have to agree with that and there you could throw the Rays right into that mix the thing with the Rays is that they have a lot of options in AAA more options in AAA than the Astros do so I'm very wary and. I like Drew Rasmussen. I, I like Drew Rasmussen in all my leagues last year. I, I try to get him as, in, in many leagues I can. I definitely picked up Jeffrey Springs in a lot of my leagues last year off waivers. You see, I missed out on Springs, but Rasmussen was a guy I was able to pick up pretty early on. Yeah, uh, even like before draft started in terms of my dynasty leagues, like I was able to get Rasmussen in the league where I gave up like I think it was Pavin Smith in my first round, which was right at the end, like twenty eight, twenty nine overall, and I got back Rasmussen in a second 
round that was like probably uh 42nd overall so i dropped about 15 picks and got drew Rasmus, and that was actually a huge help for me well my concern with these guys can they actually repeat what they did last year uh and like I said, I'm excited. I get more excited about the Astros. I don't get as excited about the Drew Rasmussen's, the Ooh. Jeffrey Springs of the world. Um, and, and, <laughs> and I believe they're going to come in with a higher price than last year. You, you, we got used to getting them at a low, low price last season. This year, they're a little bit higher. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm. We'll see how yeah. the drafts go this yeah. year. But I am not as high as I... I'm not as high on these raised pitchers as I was last year Hell, yeah. on any of them. Maybe, maybe, maybe Tyler glass now would be the guy I, I reach for, but even then he comes with lots of baggage. Yeah. Cl- Tyler glass. is the guy that I'm seeing get a lot of helium right now yeah. in mock drafts and on, you know, just the Twitter boards of the people I follow, uh, which really makes me think that it kind of alleviates some of the price concern of someone like Drew Rasmussen, who right now, uh, mm-hmm. according to Fantasy Pros, has an average ADP of 183, which is sandwiched between uh, guys like Charlie Morton, Pablo Lopez, and Chris Sale in front of him, and oh, wow. Jeffrey Springs, Brady Singer, and Grayson Rodriguez, as well as Lance McCullers behind him. So he's sandwiched kind of right in that same tier. Um, if I had to pick between, you know, a Lopez, Morton, Sailor, Rasmus, and the guys that are the first three in front of them, I'd definitely pick Rasmussen. That's a good argument, but uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll see how it goes. That's 15. I think that's the 15th round. So what is it? The middle of the pack or a little bit over yeah. the middle, midway point of the, of the, of the draft. So, but yeah, like I said, uh, McClanahan, the last image I have of him is that he was grabbing onto his shoulder. That's a red flag for me. Yeah. At, at his 37 oh. overall ADP McClanahan, I really liked him and I really like the stuff, but I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> no, I'm at that point. You might as well wait until Drew Rasmussen comes around. Then, yeah. right? uh, Tyler Glassman coming back from Tyler, uh, Tommy John surgery, Drew Rasmussen. Can he do what he did last year? This yeah. year, last now he... still in the top 100 at 94 and a half ADP. Uh, uh, no, I'm telling you, like I love, I've always loved Tyler Glass now, but same, I'm like same. that one is making me shake in my boots, and I really just hope that someone takes that choice away from me, so <laughs> I don't have to make it. Yeah, I'm thinking about it, but I don't know. I'm I'm very hesitant. Zach Gufflin, come on, Zach Gufflin. I mean, no. No, I don't think so. And Jeffrey But if, Springs, if anyone's going to turn Zach Eflin into like a borderline SP2, uh-huh. wouldn't it be the Rays? For sure. I mean, they did the same thing with Jeffrey Springs. They could turn a yeah. journey. I don't know if he's considered a journeyman, but he's, I see that he's 30 yeah. years old. Do, do I want to deal with that this year? Uh, uh, a guy who kind of broke out last year out of nowhere, seemingly. I don't know if I want to deal with all that. At least the Astros, I feel like they, there's a little bit more um, of a track record there. And I think that would be the difference between the two teams. All right, let's move on. My next guy at number 74. You're going to love this one, Sean. You're going to love this one a lot. But I'm going to play it safe here. I'm you're, a man who, you're playing it safe? I'm a man who takes a lot of risk. With you're you're pictures, using right? a little bit of a protection strategy here? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, it's very interesting. On my list, I do have Jordan Montgomery. And I was listening to the uh, the Brits and Barrels podcast. And they were talking about Jordan Montgomery about being the safest guy at this point at this point of the draft 167 ADP, which is about uh 20 picks ahead of drew Rasmussen. Right. And uh well, their argument is that at that point, 
all the guys that are surrounding Jordan Montgomery are high risks, but he's yeah. the safe one because he can get you a lot of innings, plays with a good team, and mm-hmm. has shown the ability to put up some stats. And he really does have impressive projections compared to everybody else. But, you know, I feel like I'm always stuck with Jordan Montgomery, and at the end, I don't <laughs> feel good about it. So I'm going to go in a different direction. Oh. All right. Okay. Okay. It's something similar, but I want to say that it might be later in the draft and you still get um, uh, similar. Not the For the same, love of God, please don't say similar. Merrill Kelly. Don't say Merrill oh, Kelly. Oh God, I don't, never. I don't, I don't never want to talk Merrill about Merrill. Kelly. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Never Merrill Kelly. I'm, what, okay. what am I crazy? Okay. No. Yeah. Okay. I just didn't want to talk about him. But I was it's saying so boring. You, <laughs> you can get similar production from this guy. From your is, is he also a Cardinals pitcher? No, he okay. might as well be. You never know. He might get traded. You know, the divisional rivalries uh, ensues oh, oh, here. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, we, got, we got a hint. If, yeah, it's my. It's the first homer pick I've made in a long time. Marcus okay. Stroman. Oh, I. So that entire time you were saying that, oh, Jordan Montgomery is oh so safe. The one name that kept coming to mind around that same ADP is a guy that I drafted multiple years in a row, and that uh-huh. is Marcus Stroman, even though he. I can't see his tweets, but I still see his tweets and they hurt my brain. But Marcus Stroman is definitely one of those guys where you're like, okay, as long as I can get 180 innings of Marcus Stroman at that ADP, I'm safe just because of, you know, the overall profile. And it is a very safe, there's not much upside, uh, but I would argue there's probably even more upside to Jordan Montgomery in St. Louis than there's been in Marcus Stroman in either New York or, um, Cups, the Cubs, yeah. So yeah, it's funny that you mentioned you know Marcus Stroman because I feel like Jordan Montgomery is still very really? much because I mean Stroman was roughly going in that one eighty ish ADP like two years ago. I know I had him on a lot of teams, um, and I really liked him at that price. So yeah, I could probably see myself, uh, especially in terms of ADP around that. Uh, you're looking at guys like Lucas Giolito, 165, Dustin May at 167, oh, Jordan wow. Montgomery at 167. So uh, you definitely have some higher upside guys there, but Jordan Montgomery is definitely the safest of the bunch. My my thinking here is because, you know, I mean, I, I was bashing um, what's his face last year, uh, Marcus Stroman a lot, and I was yeah. avoiding him, but he showed me something last year. He showed me that. Um, that when he's healthy, he can definitely be a slight, for lack of a better term, yeah. poor man's ace. He's the, um, you know, maybe, maybe like the second or third best uh, hand in, in, on the poker card, but a respectable hand nonetheless, right? You know, it's, it's kind of a, you're kind of waiting for him to get more help. And that's Marcus Stroman, right? Uh, that won't get you a lot of strikeouts, but he has impeccable control. Uh, and he's playing on a better team, Uh compared to last year it's a much better team yeah so i'll give them that and uh jordan montgomery like i said i seem i always get him and i know that he like his his production was a lot better in st louis than new york and i get all that but i don't know i feel like it'd be cheaper to get marcus strobin and that way i can take a, a risk on a more on higher upside guys yeah. than Montgomery. You see, that's the thing is I don't think between Montgomery, who's at 167 right now, and Marcus Stroman, who is at 293, 
is there really that much of a difference? Maybe in terms of wins, if you're playing in a straight five by five where you really do need the wins, I could see Montgomery maybe taking an edge there. Mm-hmm. But oh, is yeah. the price between Montgomery and Stroman really, you know, 10 rounds in a 12-team league? I don't think so. If anything, I might be more comfortable with Stroman at his price. Now, granted, some of the names around Stroman are pretty interesting. The three in front of him, Garrett Whitlock, Trevor Bauer, Tyler Molly, and behind him, Dre Jameson, the young right-hander from Arizona, mm-hmm. Carlos Carrasco, and Michael Kopech. So that's one of those very like interesting teardrops there Uh um, where maybe I I choose the upside in the area around Jordan Montgomery. Maybe I do pick, you know, Dustin May or maybe I do pick Chris Sale. I won't pick pick Chris Sale. Um, And then I just pick Marcus Stroman 10 rounds later because I can. That's exactly what I mean. I mean. There's plenty of high upside guys you could take a risk on because it, it's going to come down to either you take uh, the safe pick in Jordan Montgomery or you take a risk on some of these younger guys, some of these unproven guys, some of these guys with higher upside but uh, injury risk. You, you, yeah, you. I think if the right name at the right price at the right time at the right place is there over Jordan Montgomery, I think I would take some of the other guys like you mentioned, Dustin May, the Dustin Mays of the world. And then you're still going to get the safe pick later with guys like Drew Rasmussen yeah. and uh, Marcus Stroman much later than that. And uh, and definitely once you get to that part of the, I mean, you just mentioned a bunch of names who are surrounded by Marcus Stroman. Stroman is still the safest selection of that group. And I mean, I in terms of that group of six where I said Whitlock, Bauer, Molly, Stroman, Jameson, Carrasco, Kopech, Stroman's definitely in the top three. Like I, I'd probably pick Molly over him. But then Strowman, it seems like the strong number two in that group of six. No, I think I think I would stick with Strowman over Molly at that point, uh, even over Carrasco. Which, uh, I, I, oh yeah, I'd, I'd pick Strowman over Carrasco. Yeah, I, I like Carlos. I've always liked Carlos Carrasco. He's just so damn unpredictable. At Carrasco this point. at this point is purely a streaming SP. If you mm. go back and you look at his numbers last year, yeah, he had like fifteen wins. But if you look at his like game by game, uh, day, uh game log. It is literally, okay, what's the record of the team he's facing? Oh, they're under 500. You're about <laughs> to get a quality start. Oh, it's the Braves or the Phillies. Get him out of your freaking lineup right now. I mean, it was that, like, predictable with mm-hmm. Carlos Carrasco. And like I said, he's an easy guy to like, easy guy to root for. Um, and in real life, he's a nice back-of-the-rotation guy. But in terms of fantasy – He's one of those guys you really have to, if you're trying to be aggressive with your lineup changes and trying to win, he's a guy that you can't always start. And that's and, just kind of how it is now. And you mentioned Michael Kopech as the other name. Like, no, I'm done. I am. I, I never picked him to be given. And, and it's funny because you mentioned that uh, Eric Cross put out a tweet mm-hmm. um, a couple days ago where he kind of said, I'm out on Michael Kopech and then someone was like <laughs> and someone was like do you mean for dynasty or for 2023 and they mentioned that oh maybe they should just put him in the bullpen now yeah and, that, that and, White Sox like, winner right there yeah and I feel like everyone's so down on him right now that it's exactly the time to buy in buy low people this was he what was the one thing I, I know he wasn't completely healthy this year but he made what like 27 28 starts I don't remember. I just Something know that he's like that. he's always hurt. He's always hurt. 
Yeah. He's never healthy. But it's like this was the most healthy he's been. And I'm pulling and, up his game started right now. Yeah, but the he, White okay. Sox are still going to have to build up his arm and all that crap. And he's I already mean, he, 27 he, years old. Yeah, he made 25 starts, pitched 120 innings, 119 and a third. I'm rounding because I'm nice. Uh, I, I still believe in him. I'm I'm not giving up just yet. If it had been another season of like sub 100 innings, sure. But everyone was talking about, oh, he didn't miss as many bats. Yeah, the exactly. Slider was, the slider wasn't that good. Okay. Exposed. Th- this was his first full year in the pros. I'm full not year. I'm not giving up on Kopech yet. But it is funny that you mentioned him because I, I saw that tweet. And yeah. uh, I was kind of shocked by some of the reactions, you know, um, for such, and it makes me once again, think there's no such thing as a pitching prospect. <laughs> <laughs> no, you kind of those pitching prospects, they will kill you unless that prospect is Grayson Rodriguez. No, I was just about to say that. <laughs> I mean, at this point, Michael Kopech or Bailey over, I, I I'm I've, I've bought into that Bailey over uh, train. I know that he's on the out Oh, the... Bailey Ober's on the end. You just got to get with no, people. He, he's on the out. He's uh, in AAA right now, listed. There's going to be an injury. There's always yeah, there, yeah. With the Twins, they're always injured, right? So that's always a possibility. Uh, Garrett Whitlock might be a thing. Uh, Hunter Brown, we just talked about him, and so on. Jose Quintana with the Mets, he might uh, continue to find whatever the hell he found last year. Adam well, it, Wainwright's it, there as well. That was the thing with Quintana was even going back to like 2020 or 2021. Like when the ERA was super high, but he was missing more bats than he ever had in his career. I kind of like peeked my eye to it and I was like, that's really interesting. And then last year, you know, he went to the Pirates. There's no expectations. He had a good first half and then he gets traded. And like, I'm not expecting what he did with the uh, the Cardinals uh, with the Mets. But at the same time, like he's one of those guys that could easily harvest wins uh, without even thinking about it. All right, I'm looking at the overall, just overall, right? And yeah. I'm just going to throw some names at you, okay? Michael Kopech or Sir Anthony Dominguez? Oh. Kopech. You're, you're, oh, but you're hesitating, though. You're yeah, hesitating. It, it, I would hope. I'm usually aggressive on relief pitchers earlier in drafts so that I can take someone like Kopech <laughs> later and not have to pick one of those relievers. <laughs> or I'm not sure if they're even the closer. Oh, I thought you were still going. No, no, uh, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, uh, my bad, my bad. Uh, I, I misunderstood your facial Oh, we were in such a good rhythm, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got another one for you. You're you're, you're missing a catcher. Christian Vasquez or Yosemite Grandal over Michael Kopech? Uh, oh, shit. You need a catcher. I'll, I'll, I'll take Yosemite Grandal. There you what, go. What's the ADP difference there? Uh, Four. Wow, only four picks. Four picks, yep. Wow. What about Masataka Yoshida? How you fallen? <laughs> what about hey? This, this, speaking of buying low, right? What about Masataka Yoshida of the Boston Red Sox over Michael Kopech? Oh like no, I'm idea? taking I'm taking Yoshida. Who doesn't want the Japanese Juan Soto? <laughs> I'm in for all of the hype. Also, about, did you notice that? I hate to interrupt. But did you notice that they had initially put a, a really weird steamer projection in? For Yoshida, where he was like a minus eight war projected player. Whoa. But they never said anything about it. Like that was just what was put in. Okay. And then out of then they finally updated it where he's like a nearly a four win player 
with a top 10 like wrc plus projection it's insane but it was like so many people were like oh wow the red sox really overpaid and everyone was roasting them over the projection and then they actually fixed it and nobody said anything yeah no, they always <laughs> want to point out the negatives never the positives yep. like this show but yeah i'm definitely going we, for yoshida I, I want him on at least one team I mean, we helped so many people win their championships last year, but all everybody wants to focus is on negative, the things negative, that we don't do negative. right. Negative, negative, negative. But yeah. It's like we're eh. watched by a bunch of Mets fans. <sighs> or Cubs fans <laughs> or White Sox fans or just baseball fans or wrestling fans in general, too. Why not? The Super Bowl is fixed. We all know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what about Trey Jameson? I mean, we got one hot shot prospect versus a, a, a post hype prospect sleeper at Michael Kopech. Yeah. <sighs> I'd probably pick Kopech just because in in Arizona you have Jamison, Ryan Nelson, and uh, uh, Andrew Fat, and I'm not sure who is going to be the one of those three. It was that, Brandon Fat? Is it? Uh, uh, that was Brandon Fat. It's PF. Andrew. It's Andrew Painter and Brandon a Fat. <laughs> fat. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, Pfizer. Uh, yeah. yeah I'm... <laughs> <laughs> the Pafat vaccine throwing <laughs> shots at the plate. <laughs> That's good. I like that. I can't wait. But yeah, I'm really not sure which one of those three is actually going to crack the rotation. I doubt it's all three. I doubt it's even two of them. So yeah, I would definitely pick Kopech because I think the rotation spot's more safe. Nothing's safe at the White Sox. But yeah, you, what about right. what about Francisco Alvarez over Michael Kopech? Kopech, just because I don't know Damn. when Alvarez is playing. And you're t- they're definitely not taking Garrett Whitlock here, right? Over Michael Kopech. I, I want to pick Whitlock. I like Whitlock, but I don't trust the Red Sox. True that. Once again, that. I don't know. Like they say, oh, we're stretching him out to start. Yeah, you're stretching him out to start now, so you can just throw him back in the bullpen at the end of spring training. Like, all right. So you said no to Francisco Alvarez. I know you like this guy, Gabriel Moreno. You're still missing a catcher. You still want to take Kopech over Moreno? I I might take Moreno if I need a catcher. What if you did get a Yasmani Grandal and Moreno and Kopech are still there? Do you still want to piggyback Moreno with uh with with uh with Grandal? Yeah, just I'll, I'll take I'll take Moreno there. God damn right you will. <laughs> I, I trust I trust my you know sixth sense to pick a, a starter later after that. Freaking knew it. Freaking knew it. <laughs> Our last guy, Jordan Walker, over Michael Kopech. So, uh, you know, uh, big name prospects. I, I'm real. I'm really not a huge prospect picker in terms of drafts. Uh, Pick number 277. Kopech, though. Kopech. All right. Guess I'll gladly you take just, Jordan yeah, Walker. Everyone says, oh, you know, th- this guy is just he's gonna break camp. He's gonna break camp. You know what? Grinding with the new rules, that's more likely to happen. I don't believe it, especially not with the Cardinals. Right now, there's too many players on the Cardinals. Jordan Walker at the three positions he could play first, third, and right field. I just don't see it right now. Just stash him away, man. Just got to be patient. Stash yeah, and then away. you stash the guy, and he's done nothing, and he's sitting in AAA on your roster nah, bro. for two we talked months. A, we talked about this last week. It's the Cardinals, man. They don't have patience for this. They're going to trade away Nolan Gorman and trade away Tyler O'Neill just to make room for Jordan Walker. You'll see. Trust me, man. It's the Cardinals. It never fails. They did it with <laughs> Gritchuk. They did it with Harrison Bader. They're going to do it with Tyler O'Neill. You'll see. Oh, of course. Who's your guy? Who's your yeah. second guy over there? Second guy. It's going to be coming in at... Got to scroll back down now, right after I scrolled up. It's going to be right outside 380p because I didn't, I didn't want to pick like everyone just right outside 150 because uh-huh. that would be boring. So we're going to go from the 183 ADP of Drew Rasmussen 
And we're going to go all the way down. Oh, one sec. I think I lost him. I have it at 302. Yeah, I got, yeah, 303. Oh, and, okay. and that's going to be another one of those one year wonders out in the desert at Chavez Latrine. Then that is my dude, my boy, my Thor, Noah Syndergaard. If there's any team that could recapture even, you know, 75% of what Syndergaard did uh, in the past, I think it's the Dodgers. And I think it's actually a very, everyone can look at his numbers last year, you know, only had a six and a half K per nine. Like you don't see that anymore. That's so like 2004, um, but he made 25 starts pitched in almost 140 innings uh, coming off, not having pitched at all for like two and a half years. And the stuff like wasn't terrible. It wasn't, you know, averaging 97 on the fastball, but it was averaging 94 and a half. I think we could see that even tick up a little bit more. And like I said, if there's any club in baseball that can unlock a little bit out of a future or a past star. Um, it's the Dodgers. Look what they did with Tyler Anderson. Look what they did with Andrew Heaney. I mean, That's just right. countless guys over and over again. And they do this. It's Noah Syndergaard. He's going to pitch in a winning lineup. Could harvest some easy wins. I mean, he won 10 wins last year as a part-time angel in Philly. I think he, at that price, it's just like a no-brainer. Just because of you know the up, you know the upside you know the stuff you know the team and you know the results of that team so yeah Noah Syndergaard is 100% my kind of go-to guy right there and even though the stuff wasn't as good um even when he threw really hard he was never a huge whiff guy um and that really didn't change last year it was always more of the soft contact uh lower the hard hit rate uh, he just really didn't throw the slider last year. You could tell he was kind of trying to work it in towards the end, uh, but it wasn't the same pitch. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what they try and do with Syndergaard um, in terms of the Dodgers. Hmm. But a quick shout out to Corey Richmond. I missed it. He uh, bit, uh, he wished us a good evening, gentlemen, this uh, late hmm. earlier on the show. Sorry about that. Um, Jacob. Stro show. I'm a little bit behind on the comments. That was, uh, I guess, when we were talking about Marcus Stroman. Yep. Uh, Austin's on the chat. Say hi to Austin. Hi, Austin. And I think uh, Jacob mentioned that he he was calling, I guess uh, we, when we were talking about Michael Kopech, he was calling him Noah Syndergaard 2.0. That actually kind of makes some sense. <laughs> yeah, right. Syndergaard without the success. <laughs> as we transition into Noah Syndergaard, how's that for uh, serendipity? It's like they knew what we were going to talk about. Oh, I, I swear to God, I didn't give him uh, any of the... I, of the, I, I didn't not, either. I, mean, I didn't okay. give him the script, man. Uh, this is not the NFL. The, I, don't give <laughs> out, I, I didn't give out any scripts, all right? You're telling me you, you, you did see the tweets about, like, all of the players talking about, like, when they read the script for, like, their most worst moment. Did you yeah. see the one for Dan Orvlosky? No, what was it? You know, when he ran out of the back of the end zone for the safety as a Detroit Lion. And it was, like, him... <laughs> Uh, it, it had the video of him running out of the end zone, and he said, man, I wish I double-read the script for this. And I said, oh, I know what it looked like. Quarterback, exit stage rear. Wait, <laughs> exit stage rear? <laughs> well, I guess it'd be right. Uh, his right, I guess. 
Uh, Austin says that Yoshida has higher upside, I think. Well, I think or I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> just, 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 you know what, man? Just with conviction. Is he convention? Oh, uh, what's the uh, the Red Sox or not Red Sox? The Reds. Uh, who is the guy they they brought over? That was the table setter. Uh, uh, Akiyama. Uh, yeah, Shogo Akiyama. Is he Shogo Akiyama or is he um, Sesuke Suzuki? Seiya Suzuki. Seiya Suzuki or uh... Kasuke Fuck you, do me. <laughs> Say it's what kid, now? It's a kid-friendly show, right? Well, that's his name. <laughs> I don't F- think that's the I don't think that's the kid-friendly way of saying it. That's his name, though. F you do me now. That's what he wanted. <laughs> he did have a really good name. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is around the time where, where uh, back in my day, Sean, we didn't care about political correctness. We, there was no Twitter telling us how to behave and stuff. So. Unfor- <laughs> Unfortunately, they were uh, selling uh, Hori Crow, Hori Cow oh. uh, T-shirts outside the the friendly confines of Wrigley Field. And well, it's like when they had that uh, one rough landing in San Francisco, and the one news agency out there ran the the entire news story live on air uh, that they had they had gotten the names of the flight crew, and it was. Um, holy crap, we too low. Al being Dow. And I mean, she's reading this on the air that it had been confirmed by the NTSB. And I was like, oh my. My dad is a pilot and just thought it was like the funniest thing ever. And he always brings it up, but it was we too low. Like, oh my God. Perfect. I was gonna I was gonna say something here. Uh oh, right. The 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 t-shirts not our proudest moment uh out of Wrigleyville I was not not the proudest I, I just want to mention that I, I mean it's I not a high standard out there I've been there <laughs> well I, I just want to point out that it's not you know I I don't I don't co-sign that so before I get canceled myself I was joking about the Twitter thing guys uh, don't cancel them <laughs> listen if Sean can't get canceled on Twitter I think there's hope for me to not get canceled on Twitter but. That's all I'm going to say. And I'd be wowing out there sometimes. Oh, yeah, you're very wild. <laughs> it's funny. My wife will every, every now and then, you know, uh, what was the one of where the guy, at, he had before this most recent season, he said, Ozzy Albies will be a better hitter than Jeff McNeil. And he said he'll be at least 15 points in WRC ahead of him. Blah, 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 blah. Big Yankees guy. Big Yankees Twitter has like 15, 20,000 followers. And um, retweeted it, you know, just last week or something. And I was like, "Is because he said uh, that Jeff McNeil's extension was such a steal. He was like, oh, this is a great contract for the Mets. And then I retweeted his, you know, saying Ozzy Albies is so much better. And he had said, it'll be better for Jeff McNeil if he learns to not hit like a girl or a high schooler. It was something to that effect. And so I took that tweet and put it in his replies. And I said, this you? And to his, you know, he actually said, I got it wrong, which you never hear on social media these days. So I respect the hell out of him for it. But my wife texted me like five minutes later and she said, Sean, why are you trying to start shit on Twitter? <laughs> I said, what he does. This is what I live for. <laughs> I live for the shit. Uh, really quick. Uh, Austin says that he would rather go with Kopech over Garrett Whitlock because uh, Kopech plays in a weaker division. That's, just, that, that's, uh, that's right, and, and it's a you know more secure rotation spot, which is probably the number one reason why 
I would like um, Kopech. Counterpoint, it's never secure if you're at the White Sox. Nothing's yeah, that, secure that, with that, that team. That is true. Excuse me, either way, White Sox, Red Sox, it's a sock. It's, it's, it's going to be a sock that's, you know, it could be anything. It could be really, really good or just going to be a sock of a sock year. Suck, sucky year. <laughs> uh, although I never, uh, Austin's saying, uh, to piggyback off his Yoshida has high upside uh, comment, he says, although I never trust players who come over from Japan or Korea, I'm assuming hitters because the pitchers have done pretty well. And Shohei Otani has proven to be the truth. So I don't know, Sean. You tell it, me. It, uh, it is very we... hard to get excited for them, right? But when I see someone like Adam Jones, who I think was a bit of an overrated major league player himself, when I hear like the major league players over there talk mm-hmm. about him, it makes me feel a little bit better because, like, when we talk about guys like Shogo Fukuyama and Say Suzuki, we didn't hear. <laughs> I fucked it up. I know. Um... <laughs> it's a kid-friendly show, Sean. Come on. <laughs> I got oh god okay <laughs> so when I hear about like those guys come over you don't hear much about the American players that are over there say anything right. about them right. but Adam Jones like went out of his way multiple times when they were playing last year and when he got posted and they were like this dude's the truth mm-hmm. so I, I kind of give a little bit more credence to it and we'll see how he does in the WBC I think that's going to be a huge kind Wait. of um I'm sorry, the WBC, the the, uh, the the tournament that nobody gives two shits about, as oh, we found out the last couple of days. Don't get me started. Don't get me you started. You know, there's not a single ticket uh, available for Mexico versus USA in Phoenix, Arizona. Again, that I'm going to be attending. You, you, that, that WBC? Oh, I'm jealous. You should be. I, am, I, I had an open invite. Or, or did I? Oh, well, this is awkward. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, retrace our steps here. Uh, so far, I have Luis Garcia and Marcus Stroman. Sean has Drew Rasmussen and Noah Syndergaard. Oh, See, so you went with the uh, with the Swedish or Scandinavian names. Okay, <laughs> Thor and Baby Thor. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sean, my last starting pitcher. You know how I like my pitchers, man. They got to play for the Astros. They got to play for the Rays oh. sometimes. Oh, okay, I thought you were about to pick another Astro. But prefer some Yankee players, although they, I, I, as you as you know about my, we Yankee can't pick Yankees. No, well, this is no, not. you're not allowed. I mean, the Yankee price is a real thing. The Yankee Yankee uh, price tag is a real thing. There's a Yankee bias. Yes, it is. In fantasy baseball, the most popular team in America, lots of Yankee fans are out there, and they do mess up your um, your drafts because they got to get every Yankee known a man. That's just the facts of the matter. And then the, what's the other teams that we? Oh, and then of course the Mariners. Who can forget the Mariners? But. In all of this, we cannot forget about the magical team, the one that proved it, that showed how to do it right in the early 2010s, oh, the no. San Francisco Giants. Oh. All right. And my guy, my guy, Sean. Oh, no. I get, I'm getting, I'm getting similar. Uh, Not identical. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of really low ranking guys that are with the Giants, and I don't think of any good names. Oh, there's one that you're missing, brother. Now, listen. Oh, God. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm saying it's similar. It's very uh, not a similar. former Dodger, right? Well, hold on. Oh hold on God! Now. Oh, not this Hold on now. No, yeah, we're gonna go with it. Now it's not. It's gonna be similar. I have similar, similar fuzzy feelings that I used to get with with Kevin Gossman. Not identical, because Kevin Gossman was another level for me when he yeah. went to the Giants. I knew that he was gonna be awesome, and I told you guys, and I want. I try. Here's my guy. Take him. Take nobody wanted him, so. I guess I'll take Kevin Gossman for myself and dominate my league like I always do, unless the playoffs come and everybody falters. 
So I'm getting similar vibes. Oh, I hate that. I swear I was going to use that word, but here it is. My pitcher, my third and final pitcher. Oh, God. You got it. Former Dodger, former Blue Jay. I mean, Kevin Gossman was taken away from the Giants, so they brought one back right to them. Ross Stripling. I will never give up. Stripling. I will never give up. We thought I was talking about Alex Wood. I thought you were talking about Alex Wood. (laughs) That's another guy I I can't give up on, right? I will never give up on Ross Stripling. One, He just needs an opportunity, Sean. He just needs an opportunity. Every time I see him, I look at it, what he's doing uh, when he gets an opportunity to do spot starts. And why isn't he starting every five games? Why okay. not? Okay, the three starters in front of him in ADP, in yeah. uh, terming from highest to lowest, Dre Jameson, Carrasco, Kopech, Stripling, the three behind him, Syndergaard, Walker, Wainwright. Is he the one of those six you pick? Uh, yes, he's one of the six I pick. Okay. Um, you can pick him over Syndergaard. That's I, I feel one. I feel like those two are very close. That's a tough one. I mean, I, I've always liked Syndergaard, but I don't know how much stuff he has left. Yeah, I I'm just... not crazy about Taiwan Walker and Philly, but I do like Walker over. Like, I feel like Stripling and Taiwan Walker are very similar. The only difference is the drastic difference in parks, and that's that's what it's all about. You gotta take advantage. You yeah. gotta pounce on the on, on that on that fact that he now plays with the Giants. And it, I'm telling you that that park does wonders. I mean, it's not the last couple of years after Gossman left, it's been uh kind of a mixed results. And that's just I gotta account for the injuries, I guess, you know, with yeah. to, to Sclafani, to Alex Wood, who always gets hurt, it seems like. Uh who's the other guy? Alex, well, Alex Cobb sucks, but Logan Webb, I mean, he's turned into a, a what a top 30 pitcher top 25 maybe i'm not saying ross stripling can be that guy but stripling and and every time i i see him in limited action all he does is perform and he ended up being one of the better pitchers for the blue jays last year when given the opportunity and you know great control comes from the dodgers system uh fip at 311 last year xera was 357 i mean that's these are numbers that we can, and he's going to pitch in San Francisco, which yeah. means that all that stuff is going to rise. But who cares? Because the real ERA, the real whip, and is all going to drop anyway because it's a gargantuan ballpark. And this is a guy who could take advantage of that. Uh, and I, I don't know, man. It's a lot. I just just give it to me. I want it. I want it to be the guy who gets Ross Stripling yeah. and is able to take advantage of his surroundings and I, is I able to capitalize him. on that. I can buy him. Yeah, I'm not saying go reach for him. No, I mean he's been going at pitcher number ninety. What what would that? What is that on the uh, on the ADP? Where, where uh, that two two ninety eight. He's sandwiched between Kopech and Syndergaard. That's the twenty fifth round. I mean, yeah. guys, I'm not I'm not I'm not saying he's gonna be the next superstar player. I understand that he's thirty three years old, but guess what? What are we always preach on this show, Sean? Older is sometimes sorry. Older seems to always be better for starting pitchers, which is kind of funny because also in that same kind of area of ADP, um, even behind all of those guys at three twenty five is Adam Wainwright, who is once again back, and <laughs> last year won eleven games. The year before that, he won seventeen. Uh, both the last three years, his ERA has been under three and three quarters. I mean. It's not a sexy pick by any imagination, but like it's one of those inning eaters. And, and, and it, yeah. It, it, hell yeah. I'm not sure if I pick Stripling 
or I pick a hitter there and just get Wayne right on the turn back around. Well, you want to do that to me then? You want me to see who I would pick? Yeah. Uh, okay, go ahead. Uh, well, shit, I have, okay. I'm going blind they here. Are. By the way, Sean, I just want to point out that number 94 on the list was Adam Wainwright, and he's on my list. If you are someone who's going to say, you know what, screw all this pitching, it's too risky, and the shift, banning of the shift, and more steals, it's going to be more of an offensive game. And if you want to just focus on hitters in those first few rounds or or primarily in those early rounds and wait on, wait longer longer for pitchers to get a guy like I, I usually the, the 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 latter stages of the draft right that's usually for upside guys right at least that's yeah. the thought you can get a guy like Ross Stripling and Adam Wayne right back to back at the end of the round at the end of the, at the end of your uh, of your draft and and provide some safety a huge safety net at the bottom of your rotation who doesn't want that who okay. wouldn't want to buy in on that? So the hitters that are within 10 picks of Ross Stripling, either way, you have Joey Gallo or Ross Stripling? Ross Stripling. Okay. Luis Rangifo or Wait, Ross Stripling? I, I am so sorry. I forgot. I just talked about the shit being over, and I, I laughed at Joey Gallo um, with the Twins, right? He's with the Twins, right? He's with the Twins. I've always liked Joey Gallo, and if the ship's going to be disappearing – I, I might be interested in. And I was supposed to say I could drop it a little bit further in terms of just ten before him, and two very interesting names pop up in terms of hitters. When you say it's ten mid- before him, are you talking about me reaching for Ross Stripling ahead of all these other guys? Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. because the, the hitters on. Well, okay, so um, Gallo is only five picks ahead. Okay. Um, but there's a couple that are like eight or nine. Miguel Vargas and Esteri Ruiz, and those guys are about eight or eight picks ahead of Ross Stripling. I think you know, thinking about it, I think I will still go with Stripling because by that I want to, I have to assume that I have my hitters ready to go, and that I yeah. waited this long to wait for starting pitchers. And in terms of the ten behind them, you have guys, uh, Will Myers in Cincinnati. That could be, that could be a very I, I, I'd probably pick Will Myers just because it's Cincinnati. And flawed hitters like Will Myers always do something stupid in Cincinnati. Um, He's always been a guy who can steal bases, right, from the corner infield position. He might might get five or ten. He might be a guy that gets traded at the deadline like Brandon Jury. He he is the 2023 Brandon Jury. I'm I'm thinking he might get to 15 stolen bases if the rules are supposed to be that lenient towards stolen bases. And I would still want to get stripling on my team. Yeah, the – the 10 guys, the 10 picks behind them, the hitters are Will Myers, Brendan Donovan, Spencer Stripling. Torkelson, Stripling, Jared Walsh, Stripling, Eduardo Escobar, Stripling. Okay. It's too easy. There too easy. Go. Too easy. There you go. And then you And then you can give me the Adam Wainwright in the next round, back-to-back picks. Uh, it, I'm done. I'm, I'm good to go here, man. There you go. Oh, we got some uh, comments here from Austin before we get to your last pick there on starting pitcher. Uh, let's see. Where are we? Uh, oh, Austin will also be there in Phoenix, Arizona. We'll say hi to you from – if we get the camera, we're going to say, hey, Sean, total basis, represent. What? Uh, Austin points out that Otani did struggle when he first came over. Eh, a little bit. Like, uh-huh. maybe. Not right. that much. He's but... the Angels fan. Maybe he knows – he saw more than we did. But I do remember the big article coming out in, like, spring training after, like, a week, and they were like, he is a high school hitter. And I was just like <laughs> – this is a little bit premature, guys. <laughs> uh, he proceeds to uh, 
quote the Eminem song for some reason. I have no idea. Oh, no. The, oh, the no. Lose yourself. What what do we do there? That's um that's a I white person thing that I will no, not Austin, acknowledge. I will not I acknowledge. Give, I want to I want to say Austin, <laughs> there's some reason to the things that he does. I just don't get it here. I mean, it could have been like I'd rather much him do the uh, Fort Minor uh 100% song. <laughs> Is that what we were doing? No. What the hell are we doing for him to be triggered? Uh, to him to uh, be thinking about Eminem and lose are yourself. His palms are sweaty. Oh, you oh, said strip uh, with me one shot okay. and one opportunity. Oh no! Oh no! Okay, that's my fault. I'm sorry. That's, that's yeah. Fault. That that's on you, Felipe. That's on me. Yeah. I'll spare Austin here. <laughs> yeah, spare Sparrow Austin here. Oh, uh, I hate you. <laughs> uh, he had. I guess he's still talking about stripling great numbers in the ALEs. Uh, mm. I guess he's quoting the Backstreet Boys and Joey Gallo and his forty percent K rate. No thanks. But again, the shift is over. <laughs> it's and like VE Day. <laughs> VD Day. Got it. No, no, no not VD Day. No, no. <laughs> Isn't that what you said? I said VE Day, Victory in Europe Day. Oh, oh, VD Day. That's Valentine's. Because we still Day, have right? to. Okay, I won't say. I won't. I won't go that far. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day for someone. I can tell you that uh, much. Okay, who's your last guy? Hurry up. Okay, so I went out of order here, and I'm just not realizing it. So it's I fine. went all the way to like 300 with Syndergaard, but we're gonna go back into like the 240 range. Okay. Uh, where there's like three really interesting guys, and this one's easily my favorite, even though I do like the guy going right before him. And that is Edward Cabrera. Yes. Um, the Marlins. Everyone is talking about Sandy Alcantara. Everyone's talking about a Trevor Rogers comeback. Everyone's talking about Yuri Perez breakout this year. Nobody's talking about Edward Cabrera being Sandy Alcantara 2.0. I think he's legit. He had one of the best starts in baseball, in my opinion, last year in the 2022 season when he went to Colorado. And I believe those eight shutout innings, he might have given up one run. But he is so much like Alcantara. It's not even funny. He's that big guy with the hard sinker who has had iffy control problems, but has the plus changeup, plus slider. Last year, no, uh, in, in terms of all major league hitters, against his fastball, slider, curveball, and changeup, they all batted 182 or lower mm. against them. There was a 42.5% whiff rate against his slider. I think he could start throwing that probably a little bit more over his curveball. The changeup is great for a guy who, you know, throws a 96, 97, 98 mile an hour fastball and sinker. He throws that changeup at 92.5, gets a good amount of horizontal movement on it. I think he's really. Everyone's talking about Yuri Perez. Yuri Perez is going to be a really good pitcher, I think. And Edward Cabrera was a guy that if they had traded him this year would have been the biggest mistake the Marlins can make. And I think he is the next big thing in National League pitching. Mm. And at the ADP of 244.5, he is sandwiched between Hunter Brown, who I like a lot. I, I really do. And Jose Barrios, who we know Sean is a staunch non Barrios supporter. I would protest any sort of thing he was appointed to just because he's not good. Um, and some other guys, Cabrera is being drafted ahead of Ranger Suarez, Bailey over some guys. He's being drafted right behind Frankie Montas. 
Andrew Haney, Tyler Anderson. Wow. All of these guys, the Dodgers just fixed like they're about to do to Noah Syndergaard in Reed Detmers. I am taking Edward Cabrera over all of those guys. That's good. I, I listen, just like I said, you can't go wrong with some of the Astros with a better team. I would say the same thing about the Marlins with a better uh, hitting situation with a better bullpen. Uh, do we want to believe in Dylan Flo- Floro Fioro? Sorry. What the hell is his name? Dylan Flora. I can't read anymore. Dylan Floro. I need new glasses. Dylan Floro has a closer Tanner Scott it, and his well, high walk rate. Husband, we're about to have Tanner Scott 2.0. Isn't that going to be fun? We finally got Tanner Scott closing. And we're all like, stop it. This is painful. And this we're about to have much. it happen again. <laughs> no, it's a three-man committee over there. That's what we want, right? We want we want our our best start, our best young starting pitchers. Uh all of them are oh Johnny Quito's on the team, never mind. But the, the core is less than 27 years old. The yep. four guys are less than 27 years old. And, and they brought the, in Matt Barnes. Obviously yeah, Matt Barnes. gonna get saves. <laughs> the, like I said, three-man committee for the closer. And you still got the big guy waiting. I know you you're I don't think you're optimistic of him being getting called up, but I think he's going to start in AAA this year. Yeah, yeah. Perez, Perez will get called up this year. I just don't know when. Trade away Trevor Rogers or Johnny Cueto gets hurt, although <laughs> Johnny Cueto might pitch. He might be the satchel page. <laughs> he of this might generation. make 32 starts just to fuck with everybody's plans. It's like, yeah, Johnny Cueto's a throwback. He doesn't care about your innings pitches, <laughs> innings limits, and your pitch counts. He's going to be over there doing the damn salsa on top of the mound at 58 years old. No way, man. The pitch counts. No, Johnny Rockets, the 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 count pitches to him. Or oh, okay, I, I'm obviously the coffee's wearing out and my drink is getting the better of me. But anyway, I like the Marlins uh, rotation. I just wish they had a better team. Otherwise, I would be giving the old Felipe seal of approval to hey. You can't go wrong with a Marlins pitcher, just like you can't go wrong with an Astros pitcher, this and that and the other. Because talent for talent, Sean, talent for talent, this might be a better rotation than the Astros on paper. And that's the thing is everyone talks about the National League East and last year about how much the parity was between, you know, the top three and the bottom two. And when you look at win-loss, like the Marlins were closer to the Nationals than they were the Phillies. But when you play the Marlins on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. it's not fun. Like, they might not win those games, but they freaking frustrate you. And they're only going to get more frustrating with guys like Luis Arias and Gene Segura. Like, they're just going to they're gonna be the pestiest of the pestiest in baseball history. And they have the pitching to really kind of back it up and maybe be a 500 team. Like, we all joke about, you know, Dick Monfort, the owner of the Rockies, saying, Oh, I, I think we're a 500 ball club, knowing his team's about to win like 70 games, maybe 65. But the Marlins, like, yeah, they didn't do as much as everybody thought they probably would do. But they traded Pablo Lopez, which they can afford to do because they have such good pitching. And they're just kind of going for this very contact heavy Luisa Reyes, Gene Segura. Um, I think they still need to turn over a couple of positions where they made mistakes like uh, Avisael Garcia and Jorge Soler. But if they start building around contact in this really good starting pitching, I could see them being very reminiscent of the Royals. But instead of an elite bullpen, they have an elite rotation. Hmm. And um, yeah, I, I hate facing the Marlins. Like even if the <laughs> even when the Mets have a good record against them, I don't like facing them. John Birdie goes out there and steals 17 bases 
in 15 games. It's the most <laughs> annoying thing in the world. Uh, let's, um, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to disclose. I think uh, the class has been very good today. I'm going to go ahead and disclose the other pitchers on this list and we can move on to relief pitchers. We don't have to talk about anybody in depth. So, you know, a little treat for the, for the class out there for tuning in tonight. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Wow, eight, you can 40. count yeah. so well. Fifteen. I just want to make sure I had fifteen. You're guys such here. a good counter. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> At number forty-seven was Dustin May coming back from Tommy John surgery. At number forty-nine, Jesus Lazardo, who I believe also had Tommy John surgery a while back ago, a couple years ago, maybe. A or while I... ago, but yeah, he's. I, I like him for the Marlins rotation. Yeah, so I can't give up on him either. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, number forty-eight for obvious reasons. Uh, oatmeal. Number 52, Tony Gonson. By the way, a lot of these guys I have listed here, I was listening to the Brits and Barrels podcast do their uh, catching up on their pitching week, their pitchers week, and I was Tony Gonson was still going too low. Well, I was heartbroken oh, no. that a lot of the guys on my list, uh, Eno Saris and DVR, were not very high on. I'm like, oh, no, it's too late. I can't change it. <laughs> how can how can what I see be so wrong? But feels so right. <laughs> so that's why Tony Gonsolin is a guy I'm, I'm high on. Obviously, Luis Garcia. And, of course, no Felipe starting pitching list is complete without mentioning number 58 on the ECR, Grayson Rodriguez. No, I still believe. Course. And he of got – he didn't get bashed, but red flag after red flag after red. There were so many red flags. I just – I was ready I'm to give up. I'm telling you, don't get your hopes up. You're just going to get to. I was ready to give up the white flag. That's how many red flags I saw. You're, like, okay, stop. Just, He's already dead. You're just going to get hurt. <laughs> No, or I'm going to be on the inside track with the eventual uh, come up of Grayson Rodriguez, and everybody's going to want a piece of him. Okay. He is the most important pitcher on your roster. Or is he forced Whitley? Uh, I'm sorry. Did Grayson Rodriguez get Tommy John surgery and various other arm injuries? <laughs> oh, that's what I thought. Does Forrest Whitley have a, a, a great wall in left field and, and cannon yards now? Uh, that is true. That is true. Damn right it is. Maybe oh, that's the at- whole reason they did it. Oh, look at that. I, I did have Edward Cabrera, uh, him with a high strikeout rate and uh, 1.3 projected war. So Edward Cabrera was on, my, was on my list at number 67. Marcus Stroman, who we talked about, number 74. And of course, if I'm talking about Luis Garcia, I definitely have to mention number 78, Jose Urquidy. Because why? You cannot go wrong with any Astros starting pitcher. I will hammer that fact until you people get it through your heads. Just, it's and, it, so- and it's so funny because so many people are just so out on Urquidy. And before the Mets made a lot of like the rotation moves they made in terms of depth this year, like Jose Quintana, Kode uh, Senga, like I thought Jose Arquiti made sense for the Mets. And everyone's like, oh, he's not that good. And I'm talking about this is a number five starter here. Like, I, I don't need Cy Young candidate. I need a guy that goes out there, give me five innings, don't get blown out. And keep us in the game. That's all I need. And I feel like Jose Arquiti is just really good. And I have always liked him more than his numbers really should probably allow. And you know what the most important thing about Jose Arquiti is? Arquiti? He's playing for Team Mexico in the World Baseball Classic. I saw somebody else I was playing for them, and I can't remember who it was. Well, it was yes. offensive. It was offensively, I think. Oh, offensive? Um, why, why did he do to hurt you offensively? No. Oh, Alice Verdugo? No, Randy, it was Randy somebody, Rice Sand, it, 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 it was somebody that you wouldn't think of, but continue. Joey Manessis is on this team, apparently. No, Mr. Uh, Journeyman, an infielder, first base. Uh, one of the Luis Gonzalez's on the team. Uh, Alfonso, maybe Vivas. Was, I think it was Luis Gonzalez, yeah. 
from yeah. the Giants. Yeah, that's okay. who it was. And they also got two Ureas in case one wasn't enough. And my my favorite guy from last year, you know, the the enigma that is Isaac Paredes. Oh, and they got Adrian Martinez, one of the so, best changeup in the minor leagues. And they shouldn't have uh, the guy that we like from Seattle, the relief. Andres, okay, so Andres Munoz is still listed on Wikipedia. I, I don't think he, I don't think he's pitching. I just recently he's, he's saw not. that. He's yeah. not, and he's still on the list for some reason. So who knows um, if this is, is accurate. That's a kind of a sexy infield. I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at the Wikipedia. Oh, I don't know yeah. how up-to-date it is. But uh, very uh, sexy. Robert, Roberto Ramos, Jonathan Aranda, Esteban Quiros, who was this minor league masher, finally got called up last year. Ramon Urias, Luis Arias, they both had pretty good years last year. Isaac Paredes, he had a good year. Like It's not a terrible team. It really isn't. I love it, man. That's why I got all excited. But then I saw that Andres, Andres Munoz wasn't going to uh, be the reliever uh, for the team. And they also, you know who they also got? Bobby Bear, Robert Osuna, Roberto Osuna, actually, um, where he was able to escape uh, scrutiny from the domestic disturbances. Yeah, that's right. He's still a thing. I, Th- as long as he can pitch 94 miles an hour, man. We were talking, apparently, December 8th, signed a contract with the Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks. I was talking with a friend of the show, former guest Andrew O'Sullivan, who had him in our 30 team league. And it is very interesting um, without delving too deep into the political nature of baseball and whatnot, but how um, some players just get blacklisted. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, and I know with Ozuna, there was, like, the injuries on top of it. Yeah. But, I mean, Ozuna was still, at that point, only, like, 26 years old. And then there was the DV stuff and then the whole, the celebration of the clubhouse from the assistant GM and then the injuries. And next thing you know, he's out of baseball. And you have other players who literally throw their significant others down a stairwell and it's like oh okay we'll welcome you back i just i i thought that was very it because andrew kind of got stuck holding the bag with him and he was like okay he'll be back like he hasn't done anything crazier than any of the other relief pitchers who have done this but for i always thought roberto azuna just because of his age would be given the chance to come back and nothing well, I, I just to, thought it was very interesting. Well, tomorrow's his birthday, so he'll be 29. So happy mm-hmm. birthday, Roberto Asuna! And, and still under 30. Like I can still hear people. Oh, you, you, you're, you're, a, you support wife beaters and this and that. Like, no, it, it's not that I do that. It's that well, compared to others that have been welcomed back with open arms. It's I don't, like, I don't get it. I don't get it either. They, they get second and third chances. I, Trevor Bauer is about to get a second and third chance here, uh, pretty soon, and. Uh, we saw what he did to uh, that woman. Uh, also, uh, the other problem with Osuna is that in 2020, it was announced that Osuna was recommended to need Tommy John surgery. Yeah, like I said, it, it was. I think that was really the big point of it was it was the controversy of that AGM in the 2019 playoffs. Mm-hmm. The cheating story broke in 20, and then it was recommended he needed Tommy John at the end of 20. And at that point, everyone was just so like, no, we're done. I I, I don't know. Very interesting thing to look back on. Uh, yeah, though he uh, got involved in a, in a physical altercation with uh, his baby mama of his three-year-old son at that time in Toronto. 
the prosecution withdrew the charge against Osuna in exchange for a peace bond, mandating that for one year he not have contact with the alleged victim without her consent. According to Toronto police sources, Roman Roman Cota, uh, the uh, baby, the, I, I hate to use the word baby mama, but just <laughs> to make it make sense here for the people yeah. listening. Uh, Roman Cota expressed her intent to resume contact with Osuna. He was placed on administrative leave by the MLB commissioner, which resulted in him getting a 75 game suspension, which. But that was the thing that was all before. And then he came back again. Yeah. And then he got blacklisted. Like it it just, it made no sense to me. Yeah. I think, I think part of it has the fact that he probably did need that surgery and he refused to get it. And you know how, anyway, that's. And then the cheating, then the cheating scandal literally broke like three months later. So. Oh, so it was Roberto Zuno all along, right? Yeah, he was but, the mastermind of it. But no, that's why I got excited when I saw the roster. I'm like, hey, you know, don't sleep on Team Mexico. And of course, everybody made fun of me for even uh, considering Team Mexico. But you know, like, so he, here I'm seeing Randy Arozarena supposed to play for them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like it, it, has that been confirmed? Or I believe so. Yeah, he. Okay. Uh, I believe he did say that he wanted to play for Team Mexico and okay. uh, Julio good, Urias. Good for is, him. And Julio good. Urias is the captain. Of the like, team because I, I see a lot of where you know this is going to be the first year where the Cubans will be allowed to play, um, for Team Cuba. And that, like I said, I, I'm delving too politically here. I, I don't know why you would want to even play for them if you went through all of this shit to escape it. Why would you yeah. want? I, I don't get it. So, if for any reason Reyna is playing for Team Mexico, good for him, yeah, because that's uh. That's the country we we take all the Cubans into safety, man. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's a Mexico's weird. We we always support Cuba in any way, but we also take away their baseball players and make them our own. <laughs> but that's why hey, it's gonna be great. Hey, US... if, if Mexico, if Team Mexico can just become Team Cuba, you guys might actually win one here in a little bit. <laughs> well, listen, man. I don't know when when Team Mexico ultimately beats uh, Team USA three two on that uh, Saturday night game, or is it Sunday night? Oh, Sunday night, Sunday night game. Uh, in in mid March, I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself. I don't know how I'm gonna contain myself. But once they beat Team USA three two in exciting fashion with Julio Urias striking out twelve guys, right, and Bobby Bear getting the save because it, of course he does. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself. I don't know if I should. I don't know. I don't know. I it, whatever happens, it'll come out naturally, and uh, I'll be here to describe the situation. Okay, relief pitchers, really quick. Uh, my guy. Uh, first off, number. I also got 15 guys here. Oh, I, sorry. Let me go back to the starting pitchers. Number 82, Justin Steele. Number 83, Bailey Ober. Number 88, Cody Senga. Of course, number 90, Ross Shipping, who we talked about. Number 94, Adam Wainwright. So, and of so course, go ahead. Jacob did mention Justin Steele uh, earlier in the comments. So if you just wanted to extrapolate, maybe just for uh, his sake. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, as much as, cause I was bashing the Cubs left and right. It was a thing for me to do, but Justin Steele, all he did was just show up every five games and perform up to par. Uh, let me see, let me get the numbers up, make sure I'm, I mean, it was, looked like he was butt. one of those, like the crafty lefties, but then he had a couple of good strikeout games, exactly. but he, he really didn't miss that many bats. It was more like the soft contact. So you expect some little bit of, yeah, he had a 3.18 ERA, 3.59 expected ERA. That's really good. Um, just seem like one of those guys who the sub is uh more than the the parts. It's respectable projections as well. I mean, an eight point eight strikeout per nine this late in the draft. What 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 ranking does he have? Number what did I say? Uh, number eighty two. Number eighty two on the ECR. Uh, and based on what he did last year, uh, 
you know, the walks are going down and it's supposed to keep going down for this season too, according to these projections, assuming that these projections turn out to be correct. There's a lot to like here and the Cubs are getting better. He's right in the middle of that rotation. Uh, he showed that he can handle his own. He did not come out of the bullpen last year like he did in 2021. Or well, how, how do you do in the minors? Yeah, uh, minors, I guess he was mostly a starter. Never mind. But yeah, all signs are pointing to a guy that uh, should be a, a solid uh, rotation piece for the Cubs this upcoming year. He's going to be 28 and late and, and mid-July, so he's still young and still fresh. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he can do in a full season here. Yeah, the only thing that worries me is that the profile really looks like a relief pitcher. Yeah. Um, just because it's really forcing slider. Uh, the slider's great. The forcing is not. And you wonder if maybe they could put him in the bullpen if he could gain a few ticks on that fastball and really become like an elite two-pitch guy compared to Cubs, what he's just doing now. I don't think the Cubs want to do that. Yeah. I mean, because gotta... the slider is so good. I mean, like hitters just did not hit it well. 33% whiff rate. Uh, they batted 136 against it. But then his fastball averages 92. So, I mean, if you're averaging 92 on your fastball, you're really you're living 90 to 93 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's hard to do these days, especially if you're a two-pitch pitcher. It's really hard to do. Because then you got to rely on Adrian Sampson again or uh, try to Mark make... Mark Leiter Jr. <laughs> or make Advert Alzale another, uh, a relief, uh, a starting pitcher again when he's penciled in as a relief pitcher uh, for late-inning situations. Uh, Kyle Hendricks, we rely on him to come back healthy. I don't know. I don't know. I Frankly, I don't want to know. I'm, I'm okay <laughs> with Justin Steele. Uh, hitting Wisniewski coming out of the minor leagues, but you know he's more the back end of the rotation as opposed to the middle portion of that rotation. Uh, Caleb Killian, who has really awful command and control of his pitches, even in the minors. So I don't want any. I don't want to see Caleb Killian up this year. I mean, he was kind of like a command freak in the minors, though, was he not? I mean, I, bro, I, I, I know he I was wasn't looking, very good in the majors. I know that, but he no, was like, even in the minors. I, I, he was like a was, Shea, he was like the Shane Bieber type. He was like really low, like Chris Paddock. Okay, Chris and Paddock was probably the more equal comp. Triple A last year in 2022 in Triple A. Yeah, strikeouts were there, ten and a half K per nine. The walks were at four point nine eight, and what, I did not. What was he in Double A? Double A, uh, two point three zero, but it came okay. uh, with a strikeout, not a strikeout per nine. Oh wait, that's um, that's for the Cubs only. But it, yeah, you're right. It was a control. Uh, yeah, well, I was gonna say, it kind of reminded me of like a um. Chris Paddock type. Oh, that was when the, he came with the Cubs, it came. It, it resulted in a four point six one FIP. So that's a red flag for me. I I didn't add him to my minor league uh, prospects this, uh, on okay. on my cheat sheet because of all the issues I see here with Caleb Killian. I don't want to see him up this year. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're going to see him anyway, but he's going to give up a six walks per game or something. Or hire <laughs> Assad. I mean, yeah, I'll take Justin Steele over those guys at this point. Uh, and then the last guy, number ninety nine, Mackenzie Gore which may, may be a mistake here, but I don't care. This is either a put-up or shut-up time for Mackenzie Gore. Either he's going to be the starting pitcher that we all expected to see him be, or he's not. All right. Uh, well, it's late, Sean. Uh, you you want to speed through the relief pitchers? or you give, wanna... me, give me your two, and then I'll give you my two. And all then right. we can maybe do a quick out. No, let's do back and forth. Uh, the first guy, number 30 on the list, is Evan Phillips. Who do you have? Evan Phillips. Do you have a backup? Peter Fairbanks. Okay. Those, those were number one and number three. If you look at uh, relief pitcher war in the second half, 
Peter Fairbanks was the best pitcher, best relief pitcher in baseball, according to war uh, with a 14.09 K per nine, only 1.17 walks did not allow a home run had a 0.78 ERA to go with a 0.37 FIP. Uh, and Evan Phillips was right there with him at number three. Of course, uh, favorite of the show, Andres Munoz was number two. Uh, Evan Phillips was great. I think the closure job in LA either goes to either Evan Phillips or Alex Vesia. And it could be one of those where it's such a split 50 50 and the Dodgers are such a good team that you could equally have both of those guys have 20 plus saves at the end of the year and be an easy, like no matter which one you pick, it's a win. So yes, you picked Phillips. I picked Phillips. Fairbanks was kind of my backup. Um, uh, they're both really good. I got, we got Primo who's a Phillies fan asking any love for Andrew Painter. And I, I responded is the Pope uh, Catholic. Uh, yeah. We like Painter. I just don't know how much he's going to pitch. He hasn't like, I don't, I don't think he's cracked a hundred innings pitched in a professional season yet. So um, you would think they'd like to protect his innings, at least for the first like two or three months and then call him up. Right. But uh, I think we mentioned that earlier. So, yeah, not what we're, you know, Keeper League, stash him away. Dynasty League, you definitely – if you don't have yeah, him now, you probably yeah, don't have him anyway. Yeah, you, yeah he's taken. <laughs> in redraft leagues, uh, just be ready to have a bench spot open for him, obviously. I mean, you, this is just fantasy baseball 101. You guys don't need me to tell you that. But I like I, – so the things I've seen from Andrew Painter, the statistics in the minors, the, the prospect grades – I, I get excited just like I get excited. I, I, I no, don't get as excited for Grace, like you know, for like a Grayson Rodriguez. I get really super uh, freaky excited about Grayson Rodriguez. But Andrew yeah, Painter, he's easily the most below. excited I've ever seen you about a pitcher prospect. Who me, Grayson? Yeah, Rodriguez? It, it, and this is like three and a half years of doing this podcast, <laughs> and I've never seen you like this. And it's so funny to me because I just know how much you hate the Orioles, and yet you're so oddly optimistic. Listen, man. That's what I'll call it. This is with me and the Orioles. We go way back. This has been a long time coming. We go way back. Remember, I mean, Primo can appreciate that. We've been in the same thing for years, right? I sat through waiting for Brian Mattis, Jake Arrieta. Oh, no, uh, Brian I'm Mattis. Sure, I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of other guys. But I, was Alex Cobb a, a Orioles guy too? I believe so. Or was he with the Rays? Mm, uh, Dylan, I think he was an Oriole at one point. I know that. Dylan Bundy for sure came from the Orioles. Yep. I remember that he was supposed to be the next big thing. Hunter Harvey was supposed to be a thing. Don't uh, don't hurt me like that. Kevin Gossman was supposed to be a thing, and he ended up being a thing as soon as he got the hell out of Baltimore. That's what <laughs> happened. And uh, we finally lived up to expectation. But this, you cannot mess this up. I've never seen a guy like this um, with the high pedigree, the high prospect grades, the the results that match with it. I, it, I have not seen it, especially from the Orioles. I have not seen this in a long time, and I want it. I want it so bad. And, and we've <laughs> we've seen some prospects, brother. We've, we've seen some really good prospects in the past. You know, Nate Pearson, Sixto Sanchez. Um, who's another guy uh, that we were gaga over the last couple of years? Um, anyway. There's too many. <laughs> there's too many because they break your heart, but not this one. Okay. Your no, second relief pitcher. Sorry. I, I'll let you go first since I, I, I stole one okay. from you. So – Mine is going to be a guy whose ADP right now is at 357. That is high right now, but it will go up in the next two months uh, due to some unfortunate circumstances regarding Liam Hendricks and his recent cancer diagnosis, of course. Yeah. Or um, 
thinking about Liam, really good guy, really good ambassador of the game. That's a real but bummer, too. That's going to be a next man up situation, which we always thought that the White Sox, their strength was going to be that bullpen when they had Liam Hendricks, Joe right. Kelly, uh, multiple other guys. And then they brought in someone like Kendall Graveman, who had that great year in Seattle before being traded after much hubbub in the Seattle locker room after they traded him to a division rival in the Astros, became a free agent. White Sox signed him. He is that next man up. And at a 357 ADP right now, if you're drafting right now, like it's the easiest draft pick to make. <laughs> Just because you don't know really when Liam's going to come back. They're not going to rush him. They have no reason to rush him. And he didn't have the greatest year last year. He was better in the first half than he was in the second half. But things weren't really all that different compared to his really good 2021. Strikeouts were a little bit down. Walks were a little bit up. Ground ball percentage was the same. He's easily their number one closer option to start the year. Uh, So I don't know why Kendall Graham is still getting this late. I guess it's just leagues really haven't adjusted adjusted yeah. yet so i think that's what's yeah draft kendall graven don't let you go get him like i would jump probably oh shit he's at 357 i'd probably put him up in the giovanni gallegos range which is around 280 mm. uh, if not a little bit higher you have pete fairbanks going 223 i think that's very aggressive on pete fairbanks because everyone's like oh he got the extension he's going to be tampa bay's closer I'm not that stupid. No, he's not. Yeah, there's really um, nobody. So, yeah, I, I I think Kendall Graveman at 357 really belongs more in like the 220 to 275 range. So yeah. definitely yeah, get him. It's really his job to lose for sure. Uh, my second guy, uh, really quick. And my backup was Jason Adam, by the way. But Okay, yeah, my... really good reliever. We just don't know what he's going to be. I mean, he's a, a Tampa Bay reliever, so. Uh, you you make room for that guy. You make room for him for sure. But they gave Peter Fairbanks the extension, <laughs> and Tampa Bay. So they gave Yandy Diaz an extension. You know that guy's gonna be in a platoon situation this year. No, you know he is. No, you Yandy know Diaz, he is. Yandy Diaz is playing every day. He always plays every day. I believe it when I see it. They got he has a they, platoon just against lefties. They gotta give. They gotta give a best to Isaac Paredes. They they, they platoon no. two right-handed hitters. That's the only team He's I can do. Isaac Paredes, my ass. Is he there? No. Up yours? No. Um, no, uh, AJ Minters, uh, ranked number 49. Ah, good, uh, one. good one. Big, big strikeout. I, I've always liked the guy. He's just a big, dependable. Um, big. I don't know if he's big or not, but he's a, a old, reliable, dependable he's relief pitcher. Built. He's built for tough. <laughs> found, found on road dead. But yeah, he's projected to have a big uh, strikeout number, uh, low ERA, really high uh, war for a relief pitcher of his yeah. caliber. Uh, pitchings maybe six saves according to I believe I was using ATC projections. Yeah, he's going to be and, stuck behind Rizal Iglesias. That's the only thing there. Hey, you know if you're in a holes league, uh, on my list he leads all of my yeah. of the top 15 pitchers I have on my list in holes with 22. That equals about 28 saves plus holds right there in a 1.1.12 whip out of uh, those we'll are just it. projections. Gladly take it. Gladly yeah, I mean, take he, it. he's one of those guys who the last three years I want to say in two of those three years or three of the last four years, he's been top 10 in uh, holds consistently. Um, Brian Snitker, trust him. Uh, he is one of those lefty relievers that is kind of up and down year to year. 
uh, but kind of still does get those holds and saves. But uh, yeah, definitely a good pitcher. Uh, just don't expect too many saves from him because after Kenley Jansen left the the nest, uh, that was the whole point of trading for Rizal Iglesias last year. All right, and with that being said, uh, as you can see, Sean, there might there's a couple of questions, but let me go through lightning lightning styles, lightning round speed of uh, the rest of the relief pitchers. I got Sir Anthony Domingos. He should be closing. He should be closing, but he probably won't be. Uh, Giovanni Gallego, so I think you mentioned earlier, and I think uh, Austin's asking about John Schreiber. Wait, who does John Schreiber play with? Is that the Red Sox? Or Red Sox. Red Sox. Never mind. But Giovanni Gallegos, I like him a lot. I think he's also playing for Team Mexico. I think. I want. I want. I to had it pulled up, but I, I don't have it pulled up <laughs> That's anymore. Fine. I'm probably wrong about that. I, no, I he he play. is he is a like Mexican nationality. I know that. Yeah, that more all the more reason to like the guy. Uh, Evan Phillips was number thirtieth uh, according to ECR. Number thirty-one was Taylor Rogers because of the holes factor, uh, and maybe he'll get some saves in San Francisco. And you know, the best part of that story, uh, Sean, it's going to team up with his twin brother, oh, Tyler no. Rogers. Oh God! No, you don't like that story. Did, did Did you see how he called in on his intro press conference? No, it was, a, well, gr- it was a great story. When after he signed the deal, his brother called in as like in the press pool because it was a Zoom conference, and he asked him what it was like to be, like, the second most good-looking brother. <laughs> or, like, some were like, how, how is it to be the second best pitcher in your family? Some stupid question like that. And his brother just immediately started laughing. <laughs> uh, number 39, Chris Martin of the band, um, shoot, uh, what's his? Milk. Coldplay. Milk. Coldplay. Milk. Coldplay. Coldplay. Milk. It was all yellow. Uh, number 40, Jason Adam. Number 44, A.J. Puke. Speaking of vomiting after bad jokes, A.J. Puke. I want to believe in him. Former uh, highly regarded prospect for the Oakland A's. Number 49 was A.J. Minter. Number 51 was Robert Suarez. You know what What? What? Um, what I like more than Houston Nashville starting pitchers, Sean? San Diego Padres relief pitchers. Can't get enough of them. I want them all. I was going to say, I'm going to need Robert Suarez on a few teams. I just... Uh, where was he going in this ADP? I didn't really see oh, him. Uh, these guys are going super late. I mean, th- this is like for the freaks out there who... But like, how is Robert Suarez going that late when he's supposed to be their closer? Supposed to be. Supposed to be. They don't trust San Diego. There's just too much talent in San Diego. I think that's part of it. Plus, you know, like, like you said, Leagues haven't adjusted yet, so maybe that's what the problem I was, is. I was look- I'm looking at Fantasy Pros, and I don't see a San Diego closer for the first 25 25- uh, and they think that Josh Hader is going to be the closer too. Oh, okay, that's what it is. Where's Hader? Fourth. Okay. Let's face it. Josh Hader might get traded, and you get Robert Suarez late in the that's, draft. That's that's why it is. Okay. That's that's the money, man. Uh, number fifty four, Brian Abreu. I mean, come on, you guys saw what he did in the playoffs. I mean, he made a name for himself. Yep. Number fifty six, Nick Martinez. Again, I'm a sucker for those uh, Padres pitchers. Same thing with Luis Garcia. The other, I got two Luis Garcias on this list. Oh, the other Luis Garcia. I, I love me some Padres relief pitchers. I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. You really should have picked second baseman Luis Garcia last week, then. <laughs> I should have, but I, I missed out. Uh, Reynaldo Lopez at number 69. Nice. He's still a thing. Number 93, Adrian Morejon. I cannot give up on Adrian Morejon. I have a stillness on me. Okay. He... The thing I'm thinking with Morejon. Yeah. <laughs> him and Seth Lugo are going to be piggybacks all year. Uh-huh. And that would be like... I, if I were a team having to plan against that, I would hate it just because they're so similar but so different and from yeah. both sides. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I still remember, and he's only 20. I guess he'll be 24 this year. Yeah, he's young. I want to believe in him. I believed in him at the beginning. 
and I want to believe him. I want to believe in him now. Uh, last number ninety nine, Jonathan Hernandez. Jonathan Hernandez uh, coming back from Tommy John surgery, right? That's the guy for the Texas yep. Rangers with the one hundred mile per hour fastball. And Jose Leclerc, they're both the same. They're kind of. They you both were coming off injury. You don't have a preference for over one or the other, Jose Leclerc. I, I really don't know which one they're going to go for. I but mean, who Leclerc, do you would want to Leclerc see? Leclerc was the initial guy, and then Hernandez took over, and then Hernandez got hurt. So if they go back to the initial way, it's Leclerc, uh, Leclerc's job to lose. Yeah, but you know it could be Hernandez, so we'll see. But who do you want to see as a closer in Texas, one or the other? Oh, isn't there one of the Barlows that's really good there? Uh, Joe Barlow. All right, we're, we're moving on. Well, it, like I know there's a, a, a the Barlow in Kansas City is really yeah, good. Yeah, Scott then, Scott Barlow. Yeah, but then Kansas there's the City. Barlow that in Texas was kind of good too. Yeah, I think. Joe Barlow. No, I don't like him. Okay. The answer okay. is Jonathan Hernandez, by the way. I mean, come on, <laughs> hundred mile per hour fastball. Le- Leclerc had a hundred mile an hour fastball. Not like this guy though. Oh, anyway. Okay. Uh, last guy, Trevor Stephen of the, I think he's at the Guardians. Ah, number Trevor Stephan, love him. Number 109. Yeah, uh, I love Trevor Stephan. Quick questions. Uh, upside, what are the best like? rule five picks in the last few years? Trevor Stephan? Yes. Yeah. He, no, I mean, he helped me a lot last year. And he was days. one of those guys oh, where the, I, I felt like Cleveland was on the cusp of trying to either just IL him for the rest of the year or send him back in his first year. He was like four and a half ERA. They let him pitch in nothing but garbage time. And then this year he comes and he just strafed everyone. Uh, Primo has a question for us, and it's breaking my heart because I love these guys. Uh, George Kirby or Grayson Rodriguez in terms of upside. Who do you like this year? Kirby. Yeah, right. Uh, What about long term? Always take the sure thing. What about long term? Like two or three years from now. Still Kirby. 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 You know, the thing about Kirby is that he sucks. But then he (laughs) he adopts the powers of the of the character he sucked up. Nintendo jokes. I want to see. Speaking of Nintendo jokes, did you see? I think it was from SNL where they turned The Last of Us into. Okay, good. Mario Kart. It was great. (laughs) I loved it, man. I loved it. I think Nintendo still owns uh, the Mariners, right? Nintendo? I don't know. I want to see that. If they don't fiscally, they do psychologically. I want to see that so bad. I want to see Kirby-related products being sold because of George Kirby over there. Something make it happen. I will buy. I will spend as much as fifty dollars. Endorsement deals. I want to spend fifty dollars on George Kirby Kirby plush dolls or something. Hey, I mean, I spent like forty dollars on an Edwin Diaz bobblehead that actually plays Narcos. Um, so yeah, that's a thing. And a last thing, uh. I don't know. Austin's asking John Shriver. Like, is he asking if if we endorse the guy? If we give him a seal of approval? Do we trust the Red Sox? No, what, what, what uh, no, no. We do not trust the Red Sox. Do not draft really anything Red Sox unless it's Masataka Yoshida and um, yeah. But what if... or maybe Tristan Cassis? Maybe you can pick Tristan Cassis, and we won't laugh at you. Okay, as of last year, it looks like Nintendo owns ten percent. Oh, okay. Other Mariners. Maybe Still. they own all of George Kirby, like as part of that deal. I want it so bad. <laughs> There's a lot of things I want bad. I just want that's just one want of them. <laughs> I want baseball to be great again. That's all I want. I, I want a George Kirby, Kirby plus still just sucking up everybody's ability. I think that's a good place to end fully. It's right in time for Valentine's Day, too. I'm getting horny just thinking about it. <laughs> hey, just in listen. time to suck it up. <laughs> 
this this joke sucks oh uh, i know listen guys thanks for joining us i i know that was a lot to crack i hope you find this information helpful um it's a lot of fun talking about this yeah. stuff. It, it, it's a, it is a lot of fun especially we got a good amount of interaction in the comments tonight thank you to guys like primo austin jacob yeah, angel, uh, angel yeah everyone who joined us uh we really appreciate it even if and you it join us funner. even it even makes it more fun for, <laughs> yeah i was gonna say even if you join us for like a couple of minutes uh, that's uh, well, any minute is appreciative and make sure you catch our, our audio only on spotify hey, I mean, iTunes. Two, two minutes is a lot sometimes yeah, it's it's a whole uh, it's a whole player that we talk about. Uh, sorry, Apple Music, I think that's what they call themselves now. Yes. Google Podcasts, and of course YouTube. Uh, no, no spreadsheet this week. And you know that the thing that sucks about doing these shows, Sean. Uh, by next month, they're all going to be dynamic. It's all going to be changed. So we got yeah, to start uh, pitchers and catchers report next week. Get excited, folks! We're there. We're getting oh, there sooner. Are you ready for the? So and so showed up in the best shape of his life in for his ADP to jump 15 spots. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't freaking wait. Uh we should we should do a pool, like some sort of debt, not dead pool, sorry. Um like uh the first name you're gonna hear from your favorite team who's gonna be in the best shape of his life. Who who lost the most weight this offseason? I'm gonna say Michael Kolpeck for the White Sox and he wasn't uh, even that big. <laughs> uh, I don't know. He's you know, he he took a lot of time off last year and uh you know things, uh, and, and for the Cubs, uh, let's go with. Hey, what happened to Framil Reyes? I thought he was still on the team. Did he disappear? Uh, he was uh, DFA'd. He was not oh, tendered a contract. Man. I don't think. Yeah, he was the best part of last year's uh, second uh, September team or August team. Yeah. All right. Uh, best, oh yeah, uh, he became a minor league free agent back in November and has not signed. That sucks. I, I like the guy. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Ian Happ as the for the Cubs representative. What, what about you as a Mets fan? Best shape of his life guy. Said that one. Diaz. It's already kind of happening. It's Brett Beatty. Uh, oh, there, there, there was really? the first initial video of uh, Brett Beatty being at Clover Park, and he came in, and everyone's like, "Okay, um, who hooked him up with Robinson Cano?" Because oh, his, his biceps are freaking massive. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna put a prediction as well. I'm gonna say that things are gonna be surrounding, swirling around Sterling Marte being in the best shape of his life at the age of 34 years old. You see, they're they're not even sure if he's gonna be full go because he had off season core surgery, and that's why he's not being allowed to play in the WBC. I'm gonna change it to Jeff McNeil. Then he's gonna be in the best shape of his life. Yeah, I mean, he just signed a fifty million dollar contract. Of course, he's in the best oh, shape of his life. Wait, that's right. <laughs> never mind. No, oh, never mind. Nope, nope. They get fat. They uh, rest on the laurels. They got the fifty million dollars. So no, that's a he, bad... and he's about to get a new car from Francisco Lindor. Lindor uh, promised. Lindor said in spring training last year, if McNeil won the batting title, he would buy him a new car. I would be careful with the tax implications there. All right, best shape of his life. <laughs> final answer. Final answer right here for me. For me. From the Mets. Final answer, Daniel Vogelbach. Yeah. I am Felipe. He does look trimmed down. He does look like he's lost a bit of weight. But I think that's like he's not that fat. It's just baseball uniforms are not flattering. He's just pleasantly plum. Yes. Uh, no, Daniel Vogelbach. He's in the best shape of his life. He's an I'm oblong now. Vogel back. Yeah. He's These an oblong now. Fuckers don't know how to act. Yeah. Best, shape, best shape of his life. He's a rhombus. <laughs> We love he's Daniel Vogelback. We love you guys. He's, he's an ellipse. Yeah, former <laughs> cup uh, farmhand. Anyway, 
That's Sean over there. I am Felipe. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. We'll see you all next week. Have a good one, everybody. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Adios.